Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. During the holidays, we search for gifts that will make people's eyes light up. We spend hours and hours searching online, looking in stores, asking our friends what they found. But how much time are we spending looking for Jesus? The treasure, the gift that doesn't break, we never outgrow. Moms, that's what we want to spend our time searching for this Christmas season. And we want you to join us. Over on Patreon, we are kicking off this Monday, December 4th, in our Advent series, Looking for Jesus. Get the link in the show notes. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, mamas. Welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. We are so excited to be kicking off the holiday season with you. Uh, We are going to do, we're going to drop down into our Mind Your Motherhood series and do a little four-week series and talk about Christmas. Did you say drop down into our mind? Drop Drop in. Drop. Drop out. Drop. Sideways. (laughs) (laughs) Because Christmas takes over the month of December and all the things we do. Yes, and we need to talk about it. And I think, you know, for us as moms who are helping helping having intentional conversations in our homes with our children about the holiday, we want to be a blessing to you in that. We want you to be thinking about the things uh, of Christmas and so that it just is kind of like already on your heart and mind so that as you have the chance, you can just talk to your kids about the Christmas story and things like that. You know, that's one of the big things that we really espouse here is that as you go parenting, that, you know, as you're out shopping and as you're wrapping gifts and as you're doing all the things, that those are the moments where we pass on um, our spiritual formation. That's where we pass on, hey, this is what I'm learning. Did you know this? And that those are the opportunities. And so we just want to be able to have a fun conversation with you and then also just maybe make it easier for you to have those conversations as you go. Listen, some of you have been shopping since October at Hobby Lobby where they had Christmas out. So you may have been like, dude, we are, we already talked about Christmas, man. We like ahead of the game. Listen, I am so, you are. Girl. I you mean, have all your presents wrapped. No, I don't have them wrapped yet, but I have them purchased. All of them. I'm done. All? All. Teacher gifts. Yes. Because I'm going kind of easy on stocking teachers. We don't, we don't really do stockings. Okay. See? Yeah. Stockings for me are like a next level situation. See, that's so funny because I really think there are two camps. Next level stockings and eh, it's there. Okay, so like what kind of things do you put in a stocking then? Uh, nothing. Ma'am. Literally nothing? I mean, I bought a cord for their phone to plug into the wall. I'm putting that in their stocking. That's it. You are lying to me. No, I'm not lying to you. We no don't. candy? They don't need candy. They do not need candy. Ma'am. We don't do any of that. Have you it's ever seen one of... It's not overflowing. It's not fluffy. It's not Have you ever seen one of my stockings? No. Okay, first of all, we have these huge Pottery Barn stockings that are like... 
the extra large version. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And, but not only do I fill them to stuffing, then there's like overflow sitting around them. The stocking itself. Like, aren't those presents? I mean, yes. How do you say that's a stocking? But listen, okay. For for our presents, you know, we do something you want, (gasps) something you need, something to wear, something to read. See, I'm not a limited present giver. Okay. I just get to decide in the moment how many I want to give you. Okay. So we do like four. So, man, I I bet there's at least $100 or $150 worth of goodies in that stocking. You are kidding. No, I'm serious. It's a big deal. And it's perfectly curated to that child. It's like the fun little things. Like the little necklace they've been wanting. Their favorite candy. Um, Oh, my gosh. No. I have teenage boys. What do you feel in a teenage boy's stocking? A portable charger, a little Bluetooth speaker, um, underwear, cologne, underwear, socks, toothbrush, toothpaste, candy. Which are the things I buy them on a weekly basis? Ma'am, those go in a stocking. No. If they start needing those things past November 1, that is a stocking item. They can't have a new toothbrush till Christmas Day? No! What? Those bristles can hold out. They've got to shampoo their head with water because they <laughs> ran out before Christmas did Day? Did I say shampoo? No, I did not say shampoo. They don't get to wear deodorant? <laughs> what? Okay, we have got to put this on our social. I need to know how many of our moms are next level stocking and how many of them are eh. Okay, I am curious to know. I so think stockings are, for me, they're a whole other thing. It's like a whole thing. And see, when you tell me that you can only give four gifts, I get hypes. I'm like, I could not even, no, I could not even limit myself. But how do you keep it, like, you know, even among the kiddos? It's just like a money amount. I don't do number of gifts. Okay. Because, like, the boys are more expensive now, so you get less to unwrap. Yeah. But it's worth more. Okay. Well, this is super And then Princess Abby mm. just gets the world. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're done. She's because, going for another hour. Because dad, like December 20th is like, hey, why don't we get her a blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I'm like, dude, I've been done since Thanksgiving. And yeah. he's like, oh, but this would be really fun. So she just keeps getting more and more and more. So that's what I think is hard about the early shopping is I think you add more to it. 100%. Because yes. you keep finding stuff. You got to stop going. Like you just, I can't go and target anymore. I'm done. Sorry. Bye. Which I don't go there anyway. Dun, dun, dun. I haven't done any in-store shopping. Yeah. All, it was all online. Yes. But yeah. then I got to take back to Kohl's Amazon return. Well, that happens. What I decide I don't want. Yeah. That so, happens. Because I have impulse buy problems. So I tend to order it all and then bleh, I don't need this. How much time do you spend? Like how much stress is it for you Collecting the children's Christmas lists for the grandparents and disseminating them to all of the family members. Like, are you doing that? You're going to have to hold yourself down for this. Are you ready? We don't do Christmas lists. We don't send them to grandparents. What? No, we don't do any of that. What do the grandparents give them? A dollar bill. Ma'am, come on. They they don't get presents from grandma and grandpa. <sighs> I mean, my mom desperately, mom Judy, desperately wants to buy them presents. And I'm like, mom... They don't want plaid pajama pants from Old Navy. So just give them a gift card or cash. So there I is no Christmas list. I feel like you have like an Amish Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> we carve wood and no, they get stuff from me, you know, but 
That's and see, that's another social media thing we need to ask. We don't. We're, we're not like a giant Christmas. It's not like wrapping paper everywhere at Grandma and Grandpa's house. It's it's not like that. Bro, that honestly sounds awesome. I mean, not to my kids, but to me. I cannot tell you the hours I have spent. I have separate lists for every grandparent and relative because my sisters want to know the gifts. My brothers want to know what gifts they want. The the my my brother and sister don't give my kids gifts. Okay, ma'am. They haven't since the day they were born. Well, I have all these lists with links. You give then, them links? Yes. Yes, links. Listen, Christmas for y'all must be like the greatest day of the year. <laughs> yes, my kids are like, I think you forgot something, Mom. And I'm like, it's fine. We'll go get it afterwards. It's okay. Wait, for val- you want it for Valentine's? I'll get it for Valentine's. <laughs> we just, that's just how we roll. I, I, you know, there are, we have some similarities. <laughs> Thankfully. Because there are so many ways in which we are so vastly different. <laughs> like, people, if you have little children listening to this there are some people, actually, no. Okay, do you know my little Caroline has been listening to all the Gather Moms podcast episodes? Well, she was talking to me about one the other day, and I was she like, did? how do you know that? <laughs> she listens to this little show. It's real cute. Before she goes to bed, uh, in her bed is this little podcast called Who Smarted? And it's like little like facts, and she learns things. Well, anyway, she got to the end of that, and then it started naturally populating next the Gather Moms podcast episode. Oh, that's funny. So she started listening to all of them. Have I said something on here that's offended Oh, her? my God. No. She came into my room the other day, though, and she goes, uh, ma'am, why are you leaving us and driving to Mexico? <laughs> Our kids are learning more about their lives through listening to the podcast than oh, they even knew. Oh, my gosh. So I need to be careful about what we're about to say, but, you know, you have things about the jolly guy, and yes. I have things about the jolly guy. Yes. And... You know, that whole, that's been different from the beginning. Yes. Hey, when are y'all kicking off your elf? <gasps> to Friday. Okay. December 1st. Okay. Are you oh, ready? Wait. Oh, wait. This is coming out after. Okay. We have already kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I sat down. I outlined all days up to December 25th. I have all the little trinkets and fun things. It's going to be the funnest year yet. You, you are, it has been, the, the evolution of this has been really amazing. Because it's late to the game. I'm late to the game. Why? Abby's the oh, only just with Abby. One. Yeah, yeah, no. And she was like, I don't know, like eight or nine before we even did this. So this is, this is post trend. I just want you to know that I've been in this with you for a little bit. And I love your enthusiasm right I now. I love it. I'm just going to remind you on like December 15th when you're like. Do it. I hate this <laughs> I actually tried to put some easier options. Okay. Because I knew that at some point I was going to be tired. Yeah. Okay. And then I have some over-the-top ones that I really hope come true because they're so good. Fun. That's fun. They're so good. Okay, good. All right. So I didn't intend for us to talk about all of that stuff, but I think it was good to talk about. Listen, I feel like people are riled up on podcast listening right now because they have just heard us get in some camps they are ready to share their minds on social media. Y'all get ready to post. You Come know on. what? We have gotten in some camps. These last two episodes were very spicy. We got camps. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Um, so, no, this is going to be easy listening. <laughs> I mean, you might have just gotten spicy over stockings. And <laughs> so, who knows? Who knows what will rile you up? Uh, but we're trying to just make it fun. Fun. So what I wanted to talk to you about 
I guess we've kind of already had this conversation a little bit, but like, what does Christmas morning look like at your house? Like Easy when y'all, ma'am, let me ask the question. When y'all wake up, <laughs> when y'all wake up, like what's, give me the lowdown. Like who's up? What's happening? What are you wearing? What's it smell like? Slow rolling. I got teenagers. We ain't getting up early. So, right. like, if Abby wakes up at 7 and she's ready to open presents. Oh, you got to wait. We ain't doing that yet. Where does she go? I don't know. Figure it out. It's not time yet. You're in your bed? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm not ready to get up yet. Seriously. Yes. Poor thing. <laughs> okay, so what time does it start popping off then? I, we don't have a specific time because it's just kind of when everybody rolls out of bed. This is chaos. This is absolute. This make me sweaty. <laughs> Give me an appro- 9 a.m. Yeah, let's go with 9 or maybe 8.30. Let's go 8.30. Okay, so how do you? How does it get started? We're all in our PJs. But somebody's like, wake up or it's Christmas or. Yeah. And then everybody ambles to the living we room. amble to the living room. Are the PJs matching? Nope. Is the coffee on? Is nope. there hot chocolate? Nope. <laughs> there might not even be cinnamon rolls in the <laughs> oven because I'm like, what do y'all want for breakfast? Okay, so everybody, and it's just your five. Uh, yes, I mean we've been at grandparents' house before, which okay. it's no really no different there either. Wow, wow! But at our, we're gonna be at our house this year, and we're just yeah. I mean, Judd said he might want to make breakfast this year, so I'm like, score! Oh, fantastic! You should do that. Okay. That sounds great. So everybody kind of meanders into the living room. Yep, and then Mama Claus starts handing them out. Yeah, because she's like, credit. And Daddy Claus is like, no way. That's what you got? <laughs> okay, no so idea. you pass things out. Is it just a free-for-all, or are we opening one at a time? Yeah, we kind of do one at a time because I want to see I want to see their reaction. Yeah. Like that's, okay. When you're a gift giver, that's your money. Yeah. Is the smile on the face. Yeah, yeah. Or the, eh, this is not really the one I wanted. And you're like, man. How devastating is it for you? <laughs> Makes me so sad. Okay, so we open the presents. How long does the wrapping stay on the ground? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not anxious about that. I'm like, it's fine. Who cleans it up? Whoever gets the trash bag first. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> okay, so then it just kind of all stays out for a little bit. Yeah, and then we figure out what we want for breakfast and lay on the couch. And I'm telling you, it's slow rolling. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Honestly, sounds amazing. We need to do a wife swap. Oh my gosh. If <laughs> for Christmas Day, my kids I would look would... at their stockings and be like, You don't need that and you don't need that and you don't need that and I'd be taking stuff out before they even got to it. My kids would not know what to do with themselves if you were in charge at my do you house. Set on an Christmas alarm? Morning. No, but like, you know, we wake up at 6.30 or 7, and we do tell them the night before, hey, if you wake up, just stay in your room till we come to get you. But, like, Caroline, I mean, she's going to be up early. Now, what we started doing is we've started doing Christmas in the upstairs living room, which makes it so much easier because then they can kind of, they're not coming out and seeing everything. Right. Because typically Santa leaves, like, big presents out and not wrapped. Right. So, anyway, so that all makes it easier. So if they are out and about. Okay, but listen, you have a freshman, yeah. right? Yeah. I have a senior. Yeah. So I wonder if over the progression of the years, as that freshman gets older, yeah. if your start time gets later and later. Uh, 
yeah, so curious. So around seven or so, you know, the at, on Christmas Eve, they all got matching PJs. So they're all wearing matching pajamas. My kids would not do that. The boys would not wear them. Well, ma'am. And then... Does your husband wear them? No, Jeremy and I don't wear them. Oh, it's just for the kids. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know. It's just... So far, so good. Okay. We're they making matching do it, underwear so. too. No, get out of here. <laughs> the coffee's on. Oh, okay. Um, you know, all the lights are on. Stuff smells good. We go get them, wake them up, and then one parent goes upstairs with the camera ready. Okay, to get the reaction. And the other parent's like, okay, you can go. And then they come up the stairs, and I'm sitting there with my coffee and holding my phone and capturing the reaction. Oh, my gosh. This sounds great. And they go over to their stockings that are overflowing, and they see all these things sitting out, and they, we start with stockings. Okay. So they get all the stuff out of the stockings, look through it all. And it's usually... Do you wrap the stuff in the stockings? No. And it's usually not quite the reaction that I'm hoping for. Like, I'm like, excuse me. I thought you wanted that. This was curated. Yes. Especially for you. Yes. Um, But no, I mean, for them, like, they like it and everything, but it's kind of like, oh, underwear and socks. Thanks, Mom. Okay. So then we get to the big gifts. And we go... But they're... But, oh, I didn't tell you. I organize all their gifts by person. So it's all, like, in a grouping... So it's like all Caleb's gifts are in a group <laughs> with his stocking. Would you like to guess how it's organized <laughs> under my tree? <laughs> Hang on. It's here somewhere. Let me find it. <laughs> Just makes it easier. And then we go one at a time. They do one at a time. So it takes hours is what you're telling me. I mean, it takes a while. <laughs> we are so done. <laughs> No, ma'am. This is not a 15-minute situation. No, ma'am. Can we please record this this year and put it somewhere on YouTube for it would be our amazing. listeners it would be to Like see. a side-by-side? A side-by-side. <laughs> and yours would go black. <laughs> and people would be like, God, Kate is still going. <laughs> what? Listen, I want to come to your house for Christmas, so buy me a stocking this year. Okay, okay ma'am. I oh, want one. It will be good. So... Anyway, then, like, pretty quickly, it's like, okay, somebody go get a trash bag. And we throw away all the wrapping paper. Oh, right away. Get it. Everybody take all their gifts to their rooms. (gasps) Okay. Get you a basket. Load up. Yeah. I'm not trying to sit here and look at this. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And then breakfast and then hopefully chill. Nap. Is your breakfast pre-made the night before in the fridge ready to go? No. Well, I have done that. Some years I have done like a breakfast casserole, but really it's been cinnamon rolls. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's our, that feels like the staple. Yeah. Easy. I mean, it's a wonder that you and I are friends. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jesus has such a sense of humor. I think he is loving it right now in heaven. a sense of humor. He's like, I planned this, y'all. Yeah. I planned this. Such a sense of, I mean, crazy, crazy how different. Hey moms, I want to make sure you know about Canes and Community. If your child is on a sports team, your school is doing a fundraiser or a reading challenge, or your place of worship needs a donation, a discounted meal, or even free meal vouchers, you have got to check out canesandcommunity.com. We at Gather Moms love Canes and what they do for our community. We asked Canes if they'd be willing to donate a giveaway for our Giving Tuesday initiative, and they were happy to help. Because of them, one of our mamas won an incredible Canes goodie basket with loads of gift cards. They want to partner with you too. 
So go to canesandcommunity.com, create a profile, and enter your request. Someone from their team will reach out to you, and they can even work with you to help get creative about what may be best for your organization. Now, back to the show. The point of that is... (laughs) Thanks for the therapy session, y'all. We've had a great time. I love that we've been friends for so long, and I'm still learning things about you. I think that's great. Yes, uh, so the whole point of talking about that was that I think that when we come to the Christmas story, you know, when we think of like the nativity story, we think of Jesus and being born and all of that, that we often look at it from an outsider's perspective. But this Christmas season, we want to take you all with us as we go get a boots on the ground view of what Christmas would have been like for those characters. We want to consider what it may have smelled like, looked like, felt like. And for the characters that were experiencing it, you know, just like you just got to hear about what it's like in our living rooms on Christmas, all the anticipation, what goes up into it, how we're feeling about it, how the people in our room are feeling about it. We want to have that same kind of thought as we approach the Christmas story. And so we're going to take a couple characters each week and talk about what it may have looked like from their perspective, the Christmas story. We may have some Rebecca's in the mix. We may have some Kate's in the mix. (laughs) You know, we will see. Um, But I I just think it'll be interesting to help it. You know, we want the story to come alive to us. We want this to be the most magical part of what we're doing this Christmas season. And so I want to kick off today by talking about two people that may surprise you. The first I'm so one, excited. Tell me. The first one is a stu- super standard character to the story. Okay? Joseph. <gasps> okay. Come on, Joe. Like, he's there. We're familiar with him. Yes. But then one that you may not have expected, and that is not Mary, but her mother. <gasps> oh, okay. Okay. Do you know her name? Um, Mary's mom. Oh, okay. Great. Good. <laughs> Good. Mary Sr., I love it. Okay, so I want to talk about those two characters, and I want to start with Joseph. So let's talk about what we know about Joseph. We know some things, but there are a lot of things that we just, we don't know. So let's talk about what we do know. We do know that he was a Jewish man living in Nazareth of Galilee, and that he was a descendant of King David. He was a carpenter, although there's some debate about whether this word actually means stonemason. You heard all this before? I heard it in Israel. Did you? Yep. What did they say? Stonemason. Okay. Yep. And so there's, you know, kind of this debate because all of our Bibles have been translated carpenter. And we think of wood. Exactly. We think of wood. But really what research says is that he was in construction, essentially. You know, he was a laborer. They could have been using stone. They could have been using wood. There would have been various things. But I just think it's interesting to think about. He wasn't a banker. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a tax collector. Well, I don't know what are the jobs they had. Everybody seemed to be shepherds. He wasn't a shepherd. <laughs> you said everybody seemed to be shepherds. It's mm-hmm. like, what was that guy? A shepherd. I mean, it's a lot of them. <laughs> so he he wasn't that. He was a carpenter. He was a, a laborer, a, really like a construction worker. Right. So I just think that's interesting to think about. Um, we don't know where they were financially, what their family history was like. There are some things that we can kind of guess, but we don't really... I want to know how old he was. Yeah, and we don't know how old he was, which is really interesting because we get a pretty good idea of probably how old Mary was, but we don't know with him. Although 
Research says that he's likely older than she was because that was just the tradition. Right. So when we meet him, Matthew really focuses on his story. It's really interesting because Matthew focuses on his story and Luke focuses on Mary's story. But Matthew focuses on his story. Um, and when we meet him, he's betrothed to a girl named Mary. And here's what it says in Matthew 1, 18 through 25. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, that's brown chicken, brown cow, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And then this is a quote. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So I want to think about this guy. I want to think about this situation that he's in and kind of us to think if we were in his shoes, how we might, oh my goodness, have responded to this situation. Like he he's betrothed. So first of all, we know that betrothed is more significant than being are engaged, right? They were essentially married, but not living together yet or having sex. So they were committed. So if one of them dies during this time, then they're considered widowed. Um, and if something happens between the two of them, like adultery, they would divorce. So we just have to get it in mind that it's way more significant than are being engaged. And typically, if they were betrothed, they continued to live in their parents' homes, you know, after the commitment had been made, and it was like a year until the marriage, where then they started living together and brown chicken, brown cow. All right, so um, I just think, can you imagine, he's betrothed to this girl, they've made this commitment, we don't know how long that's happened. Oh, yeah, we don't know how long they've been betrothed when this happens. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But then... He finds out that she's pregnant. I wonder how he finds out. And we don't know how he finds out. Because it doesn't say that Mary told him. Well, and Mary went off to be with Elizabeth. And Mary went off to be with Elizabeth. So, like, does she tell her mom and dad? And the mom and dad go to Joseph and his mom and dad? No, this has got to be, like, gossip in the city. Come on. Okay, or is it gossip? Because we know that he had learned of it before the angel comes to him. And in whatever way he learned of it, he's upset by it and is ready to divorce her. So it's not like somebody sat him down and said, let's think about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just think I, if I got the, the, man, if I found out, like well, the he emotions. Didn't talk to her, right? Yeah, it doesn't, they can't I mean, talk about it. We don't see them talking. Right. If they had a conversation, it's not recorded in scripture. And so I just think if I hear that, my first thought is not, oh, it's probably Jesus that she's pregnant with. <laughs> Didn't they tell us about that in Sunday school? <laughs> I think God picked me. I'm going to be Jesus's dad. Yes. You know, I'm like, that, you know, bad word, 
cheated on me. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, well, that's the only plausible explanation at this point. Exactly. How else is she going to be pregnant? Exactly. Right. And so, you know, it does say, it says that, um, he, I'm sure he's hurt. I'm sure he's disappointed. I'm sure he's angry. I would bet embarrassed. Yeah. You know, because you wonder how many people know at this point. I think he loves her too. So I think and he's you wonder sad. if he loves her. And he had pictured a future with her. Yes, I think so. And it's feeling like all that has been dashed. Yes. And you know, he could have made a spectacle of her. Really, he could have disgraced her. He could have even had her stoned. That was the law. But it tells us he decided to decided to divorce her quietly. That he was going to dissolve the marriage but not make public scandal out of it which I think says a lot about his character for sure but he's following the law here he can't continue in marriage to a woman that's been unfaithful according to Jewish law he's supposed to divorce her okay and so you know he receives this message from the angel it says as he is considering these things and I had never noticed that part of the scripture before because it says he wakes up but like it, when it starts out, it says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So then I'm wondering, like, is he, is he out for a walk? Like, what do you do when you, like, when you have to consider something, like, do you go sit? Is you there said, a room? let's imagine the Cinemark moment. I mean, this. is he in a coffee shop? Like what I'm considering. Walking the fields of Bethlehem. <laughs> he sits really- down under a tree to take a rest. I mean, is he is he building something and he's thinking about this? Is he is he on a job site essentially? My mind imagines him in his room, really going to bed for the night. Okay, and yeah. thinking, okay, tomorrow morning, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, but it says, and then it says, as he considered these things, then this angel appears to him. Which I don't know why scripture's not like. That's weird. An angel appeared to you. Like, is this common? Do people just like wake up the next day and go, "Hey, an angel told me." I mean, for Joseph, this is about to be the first time out of about five that he's going to get directions from angels, which is I know, so I'm like, did he get them before? Is this not <laughs> the first time? I, I feel like he's real calm about the dream. But, you know, we don't have any record in Scripture of angels popping off before this. It was like the years of silence in Malachi before we hear from Jesus. Which makes the dream even weirder. I mean, at yes. that point, if we haven't heard from Jesus in 400 years, somebody needs to be like, y'all. <laughs> Y'all are not going to believe what happened last night. I have so many people I would call the next day. Well, and if the mom was coming in the room like, I told you to turn the light off. And he's like, it was an angel. It wasn't, I didn't turn on a light. It was a heavenly being. A heavenly being. <laughs> he's so calm about it. Mary's, I mean, at least when we to hear Mary's story, it says what, wasn't she greatly afraid or something? Yeah. Yeah. Joseph ain't afraid. I mean, it doesn't I feel say like they're he buds. I, Yeah. Yeah, because he incredibly embraces what the angel says. And he adopts Jesus as his own son. And in doing that, he takes on shame, actually. You know, that he chooses to have others think wrongly about him or assume things about he and Mary. He fully embraced Jesus as his son. The scripture tells us then, you know, that after Jesus was born, that he named him Jesus as the angel told him to. And that's what fathers did at that time. Fathers named the children. He names Jesus like a father would name his son. He had him circumcised. That's what Jewish fathers did. He presented him at the temple. We know that they made 
pilgrimages to Jerusalem. Like he was father to Jesus. He didn't hold him at arm's length. He didn't treat him differently. He embraced him as his son. And I just think, wow, when I think about that moment of him coming alongside Mary and accepting her, he could have he could have handled it very differently. I love that he he clearly chooses to fear God more than man, and he steps out into obedience, and he walks into the unknown clinging to what is known. He knows God promised a Messiah, and he believed it when the angel said that the baby in Mary's womb was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And when the angel quoted the Old Testament prophecy that this was Emmanuel, the one they were waiting for, the Messiah. And, you know, I have to wonder if he chuckled when they found out they had to go to Bethlehem when Mary was pregnant. That's what I wonder, too, because they would have known that prophecy, right? Yeah. So aren't they like, like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I remember that part. Yeah. Like, that's the part in heaven where I'm like, but was that funny? Or like, were you like, we got to go to Bethlehem and have this baby? Or you get this letter about the census and you're like, oh, we got to go. Oh, there's how it goes. I think Mary's like, well, he ain't coming until we go to Bethlehem, so... I just keep being pregnant <laughs> till I get there. And then she, on the way there, she's like, well, I can't have him on the side of the road because the prophecy said in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've got to keep moving. I feel like there's some really cool assurance there. I think about him, you know, they then they do go to Bethlehem for the census and they're trying to find a place to stay. And I think about him having to room with this, you know, very pregnant and likely already in labor, Mary. You know, labor usually lasts a while. <clears throat> So she's in labor and then that she's giving birth in this room where the animals are kept. And I wonder if while this is happening, if he's thinking, is this how God wanted the Messiah to come into the world? Like, is this, am I doing this right? Were we supposed to be somewhere else? Or is that how people had babies back then? What do you mean? They didn't have hospitals. No, but I just mean they're in, they're in the barn part of this. Yeah, but what if she's out in the field with the sheep and she goes into labor? Well, she's that's just true. around the sheep. That's true. I just feel like we are so clean today. Yeah. And so like medicinal. Yeah. That we just can't imagine anything happening outside of whitewashed rooms and clean sheets. I know. I feel like they were so used. Maybe. To like, this is life. This that's is what true. you do. I guess I just think about him being the king and the conqueror. You know, because the Israelites had two different ideals of what they were expecting in the Messiah. They're the one where it was this conquering king and the other of this humble servant that was going to be beaten for them. Right. You know, there were these two kind of, but I just wonder for him if there's a moment where it's like, hey, shouldn't there be some kind of royal, <laughs> somebody going to show up with like a, you know, a royal contingent? <laughs> Or we're just doing this next to the sheep. Okay. Mary's like, I thought I was getting the corner room with the window. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is not the same. But like their Christmas morning did not smell like cinnamon rolls and coffee. Nope. You know? Nope. It smelled like hay and animals manure. and manure. Yep. Yep. You know? Which is just so interesting so to me. So interesting. And I just wanted to stop down there and say, I think we've said this before, but I want to stop down there and say, I think we work so hard at Christmas to create a magical experience that is memorable and perfectly curated. And you know, this Christmas, the very first Christmas, was magical. 
but it wasn't because anything was perfectly curated. It was because the presence of God was there. And I, I just wanted to stop and take a moment just to say that is the most important piece of our Christmas morning is not that all the lights are work and we all have matching pajamas and the stockings are overflowing and the cinnamon rolls are in the oven. That's really, that's not it. It's what makes it magical is that we are celebrating the presence of God coming into the world and that we get to have him even in our living rooms on Christmas morning. Well, and I think when you've been through something traumatic, there are moments in it where there's a peace that you can't describe mm. if you're a believer because God is with you in that moment. And so I wonder if it was just the most peaceful place place on earth mm. when he was born. Yeah. Because God was there and Mary and Joseph are obviously people of faith that were willing to receive the angel's instructions and they were willing to be obedient and that maybe in that moment they did just feel this overarching sense of we're going to be okay yeah, because we're doing the thing that God asked us to do. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I do think for those of you who have been through a traumatic time, there are moments where you go, I feel his presence. Mm-hmm. Even if it's chaos around me, I know right here it's okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was their experience. Yeah, that's sweet. I like that. So, you know, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of things we don't know about Joseph. Um, but we what we do know is that he continued to step out faithfully in obedience as God directed him. You know, I mentioned that there were a few other times the angel came to him. Um, a couple years after Jesus. I think he's like, hey, bro. Yeah. I miss you. What up, Gabe? What you got now? <laughs> what you got? Um, a couple years after Jesus was born, Joseph hears from the angel of the Lord again in Matthew 2, 13 through 34. And the angel says, um, now when they had departed, meaning the Magi, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. Will you just stop and think about that? They, he has a two-year-old. They're living in this, you know, it's like, okay, finally things have settled down. Yeah. Oh, we the, just got some presents. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We got <laughs> loads of frankincense, you know. And then he has this dream and they have to flee to Egypt. What does he know about Egypt? Has right. he ever been to Egypt? Like once again, he's walking into the unknown. Yeah. And clinging to what is known. He knows his God is good. He knows his God is faithful And so he is going to step out in obedience. It says that he goes and he takes him. And then again in Matthew 2, 19 through 23, but when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying, rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, oh, another dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. And that's his hometown, right? As as far as I understand, that's his hometown. That he so was originally. Let's imagine from. this walking back into town. What? Yeah. Mary and Joseph. Yeah. Is that Jesus? What? Yeah. I mean. Joseph, he don't look like you. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, that's what I'm saying about him is him having to say, this is not what I planned. 
this is not what I asked for. This is not what I anticipated. I think he could have even felt like, hey, I'm a faithful Jew. I've been doing all the right things. And you're handing me what? Yeah. And I have to live with people questioning that my wife stepped out on me and that this son that I'm raising isn't really mine. Yep. And then things are going to get real wild when I start telling people that I'm seeing angels and this is the Messiah. Yes. You know? That's a lot. That's a lot. But what we see him do is just continue to be obedient, even when he doesn't understand. Yep. Even when it may not be the best look for him, he continues to step out in faithfulness. And he didn't know it all, but he did know the one who does. He knew his God to be faithful, and he trusted him. And, you know, that makes me think of another character in the story that never makes a page in the Bible, but was likely a crucial part of the story to Mary, and that is her mother. You know, we don't know anything about Mary's family of origin. At least with Joseph, we know his genealogy. With Mary, we don't know anything about her family of origin. And we can guess, and it can make us feel good to guess. Um, There's actually a sweet post going around right now that says, Mary knew, but her mother didn't. And it talks about how Mary's mom raised a girl that stayed pure, knew how to honor her husband, was receptive when God talked to her, and many other wonderful things. And I think the sentiment of that post is sweet. Like, I I think that's sweet to think about, that Mary's mom would have raised her in such a way that she was ready to take on this task from God. But the fact is, her mom may have done all of those things, but we have no way of knowing that. And I think we have to be careful when we put too much emphasis on the good choices of a mother and how that guarantees a God-fearing child. Like when our children do good, love God, follow him, obey him, that is God at work in their lives. And we cannot take credit for that. Mary's mom doesn't get credit. We don't get credit. That is God doing that. And I think we have to be careful not to fall under the misconception that if we do and say all the right things, we can guarantee a certain future for our children because we can't. They have a free will. And I know this kind of feels like a weird pivot in the middle of the Christmas story to kind of go, okay, Mary's mom and want to talk about her, but I just want us to be careful when we speculate that we speculate through a gospel lens and not add something there that isn't necessarily there. Uh And that we remember that um, as moms, you know, 1 Corinthians 3, 7 says, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but it's God who gives the growth. Right. And so we hope that Mary's mom was a mom who was planting and watering into her girl. But, you know, mama doesn't get credit for that. It's God that does. God was the one who got a hold of mama's heart and made her potentially want to follow God and then gave her the ability to plant and water into her girl so that she would have the growth. Because I think the pressure for us to be ultimately responsible for our children is too much to bear. Agreed. Because what you what do you say to a mama who has done all the right things? Yep. She's she's taken her kid faithfully to church. They've done Bible study together. She had that child, you know, wanted to be baptized. She got that child baptized. Right. They've gone to church camp. They right. play worship music. They've done all the right things. And her 15-year-old comes to her and says, 
not I'm pregnant with God's baby, you know, like Mary of like, hey, I've been chosen by God to bear the Messiah. Um, But what if that 15-year-old comes into her and says, mom, I'm addicted to drugs or I'm addicted to porn? You know, what if that mama has done everything right and that baby comes to her and says, this big thing has happened. And once again, we have people who are living in the unwanted and unexpected. And it could be a good thing. It could be a, a 15-year-old coming to her mom and saying, hey, I'm I'm moving to Africa to be a missionary. <laughs> or I, I'm going to go to school to be a pastor. Or, hey, I know I'm 17, but I'm in love and I'm getting married. Like there's all these things. When I think about Mary's mother and Mary, the 15-year-old, coming into her room and saying, hey, I have something big to tell you. As a mom, you never know what's about to come out of that kiddo's mouth. Well, and I think just what you're saying, like, to be careful not to put things into the gospel that aren't there. Mm. God never tells us it's up to us. He, when he gives us babies as mamas, he doesn't say, you better do it right. Yeah. So any pressure that we feel is not from God. Right. Is not from the Holy Spirit. Is right. not from scripture. Right. It's because we have listen to the world or let our own achievements and successes dictate how we're going to raise our kids. Yeah. So I think it's always good to remind moms. It's not about you. Mm. Please do the things that God asks you to do, but please also know that God is going to do what he wants to do regardless. That's right. Of you. That's right. Because I think there's so much freedom in that. You know, I, for me, watching my own journey, I feel like when my kids were younger, I felt like I had more control over kind of this life plan that I had for them, how things were going to go. Um, but I, as they get older, I think you, I have started to realize actually how little control I have, that I have agency. You know, remember we had Sharon Hottie Miller on and she talked to us about that you have agency. I can sow and I can water and I can beg God for my babies, but I don't have control over the choices that they're going to make. And, you know, I don't know how Mary's mom responded to the news that her 14 or 15-year-old girl was that was promised in marriage to a man with was pregnant with God's son. But I can imagine if I'm her sitting there and, and my girl comes in and tells me just the wave of emotions that would have gone over me. Because I'm thinking, okay, I've, I have this girl. We're on track. We have her betrothed to a man. We have a game plan in mind. She's going to get married. She's going to live close by. I'm going to get grandbabies. That's right. And that all got washed away. And that all came crashing down. Yeah. And I just, I don't know how she would have responded, but I think I would like to think about how I would have liked her to respond. Uh huh. Because I think it's a good way for us to think about how we can respond when our child walks into our room and sits down on the edge of our bed and says, hey, I have to tell you something. Um, so I hope that she looked at her girl lovingly and that Mary knew she was safe with her mom. I hope that she held her close and let her cry in her arms as Mary shared her fears. I hope that she didn't blame or accuse, but lovingly entered into this with her girl. You know, for Mary's mother, her world was rocked, but I hope in that moment that she didn't make it about her, but that she lovingly leaned into what her daughter needed in that moment. My hope is that she responded like Joseph, 
that there was quiet trust and faithful obedience as she walked with her girl, clinging to what was known in a season of unknown. And I felt like I just had to talk about this because when I saw that post about Mary's mother and putting so much emphasis on how she must have been so remarkable to raise the mother of Jesus, to me it it stands in stark contrast to exactly what you were saying of what the gospel is um, because I think it's dangerous for us to think about motherhood in that way, that if I do one plus one, I'm going to get two. That's just not how the gospel works. That's not how God works. If it's not, we don't make enough good choices to get guaranteed a good outcome. We are handed a a bad hand. We are born into evil and sin and Jesus saved us. Mm -hmm. And that is the hope we have. Not that I can do enough right things, but that the Jesus that saved me will save my children. Um, This is so deeply personal to me as we are walking through one of these seasons right now of unknown. And there is so much that I don't know, but we are holding fast to the God I know knows it all. He knows what is ahead. And so I don't have to know. I can rest and trust and hope. And I can beg that as my child sits down at the edge of my bed and tells me a big life change that I could respond as I hope, you know, Mary's mom would have responded to her. I can imagine that the angel's news to Joseph was alarming. And I wonder if it rocked Mary's mom's world too. Um, It wasn't the plan they had in place. And praise God, he had something better. For each of us, as we anticipate the holidays and make our plans, I hope that we would be open to holy disruptions where when things don't don't go according to plan, that we would find that as we trust in God, we find him so much better. Moms, we love you. We're excited to talk more about Christmas with you over the coming weeks, and we'll see you soon. Bye, moms. Our daily toast from Cane's today is to what, Rebecca? I am toasting the Dollar Tree today because if you're out there and you're like me and have a little friend that's going to visit your home this season called (laughs) Elf on the Shelf, listen, Dollar Tree makes it possible for us to do all the fun things with that elf because otherwise it would cost us hundreds of dollars. Love it. Don't forget that our Advent series starts Monday, December 4th, and you can join us over on Patreon so that you can hear all the Advent episodes and follow along with us. Thanks so much.